nuke file started. Let's do the tuna tuna dooney. My name is Shattered Maps, and <laughs> we're gonna do Dune tonight. <laughs> Actually, I did you hear the Dune? I it was kind of like we had a fun like little talk get last time, so I left it at the. Oh, the intro, yeah, yeah. No, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I, I wonder uh, how people liked it. <laughs> All right, just let me know you're ready to go. Oh, it's it's already started. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to Synthaholics. Thank you so much for downloading this episode. Today we are back at Dune, 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 Dune. Today we have myself, Aaron O'Brien, and we have Dave Duncan. Hello, Dave. Hi. Can I spit on your desk? <laughs> uh, In a very respectful way. Oh, if it's respectful, you can spit on my desk. Okay. Oh. It's, it's sharing water because this is, this is very important on, on uh, Dune. Is that what you call swapping spit? I guess. They just spit on the desk and they get a stick and they mix it all up. Shattered Mace comes in with a stick and she's mixing it up. I'm the spit mixer. You know, they call her a well dipper because she does other things with her tongue, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, Shattered Mapes. I didn't know you swing that way. She does. Well, uh, guys, we are... <laughs> I've been assigned to this housekeeper. I bet you have. So, uh, last two chapters, we had uh, the attempt on Paul Trady's life, and then we had uh, Lady Jessica finding the conservatory and the hidden message about the traitor. And, uh, the hidden massage? The, the massage. And then uh, Jessica and Paul get together and they exchange notes and, you know, showers. Just... complex. And... No, 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 no. no. And then, um, so, and then uh, um, Paul is uh, taken by the guards to go see his father, uh, Duke Lido. And this is where we pick up. Duke Lido is up in one of the parapets of the landing control outside Arakan. And he's just kind of like looking over everything. And he's just kind of lost in thought. Yeah, lost in thought and thinking about that. The Harkonnens tried to kill his son. And this is um, something he repeats in this chapter, especially over and over again. That the Harkonnens tried to kill my son. I will stick shattered mapes in their face until they (laughs) die from it. Yeah, so... So he's he's pretty upset by this whole thing. Are they bringing Paul to him at this moment? So, uh, but the Duke starts reflecting too as well that he's never going to see Kaladin again, his home, and that uh, Arrakis is uh, is basically a hell to him. You know. But I have to put on a good face and, and make it so that my son will like this place, so he could because right. he's going to end up spending his whole life here. My life's mostly done. My life's done. He's already, yeah, he's already kind of like thinking like, I'm I'm pretty much dead already. So. It's like he even knows it's coming. 
Yeah, it really is. He's like, he, he kind of was resigned to it. <clears throat> Just before Paul arrives, uh, we get some of the soldiers being uh, transported uh, onto this planet, and they're, they're you know, kind of all shuffling in on t- into the base, and this is when the Duke walks in, and he sees Gurney. Gurney! And- <laughs> I'm Patrick Stewart! I'm a robot yes. now! <laughs> And Gurney is uh, walking in with the troops, and then the Duke basically uses him and says, I need you to kind of talk to some of these uh, spice miners that are leaving, and I want you to try to convince them to try to stay. Not by slave labor, not by force, off from 20%. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's like... Just know that the treasury is not limitless or bottomless or something like that. Well, no, because you know? Gurney pushes back and is like, "Oh, our Conans gave them more than that. They're not going to want to like right, gonna, exactly. Like, want to stay on, right? Exactly. But the conference are, or can be uh, bottomless if you want my son to be destitute. You don't well, want that, do you? Do you want that? No, sir. Not at all. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir but, of course not, sir. No. So it's funny because. Gurney must be like quite persuasive because we're going to find out he, he didn't get obviously all of them to sign on, but a lot of them did. So um, he's and not as from ugly. What we, maybe he's not ugly to the Dunesman. Maybe he's kind of handsome. I don't think he's handsome. I think there's something charming about him. So he sings them a song, whispers in their ear, gives them a little tug. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Touch up. <laughs> sure, you can stay on here. Take this out. No, uh, yes, I think I will. Yeah. So yeah. So he um, so he sends them off on that. Uh, oh, and he also tells uh, he wants like three hundred of his soldiers, his best soldiers, to help uh, Howitz men because of all their problems with the Harkonnens, and obviously they're trying to root out certain Harkonnen people that are still on the planet. So they didn't. They didn't take them all up and leave. Yeah, some are still here apparently. What? So yeah. Yeah. So and uh, so it yeah. Okay so that's, to be racist against Harkonnens. I guess it is for here in this in the Dune world. It's it's okay to be racist. Okay, uh, that's good. Not against skin color, against what house that you were born under. Oh, boycott housing. That's good. Yeah. So so that's kind of like that chapter. It's a quick chapter, but it's mostly like the inner dialogue of the of the Duke, and then uh, we jump now to um, a staff meeting that's uh, that's going on that the Duke's holding and he first starts, uh, we, we kind of break in halfway in the conversation between the Duke and his son, Paul, and they're talking about what, what, what transpired with the hunter seeker trying to kill, you know, take his life. And that, that Duke Leto, uh, is first thinking that he should get rid of, uh, Thufur Howitt. And, you know, it's like, he's getting too old. He's messing up. And Paul's like, how many times has he messed up? Like, can you count how many times? And, you know, it's like, and just because of his training, I was able to dismantle the Hunter Seeker. So. He trained me well, to Papa. And he was kind of saying that, um, it, that, that this Harkonnen attempt on his life was so simple that probably Sufer just kind of overlooked that idea. It was so simple a caveman could do it. <laughs> so simple. A man in a clay plot pot can do it. Oh, no. <laughs> Living in his own feces. Yum, yum. <laughs> oh, that guy from last episode. That's great. So, and then uh, uh, Thufur how it, uh, walks in, and uh, he just wants to, he, he wants to tender his resignation, and the Duke say, stop acting a fool. 
And he says, uh, I, and he says, if you made a mis- uh, mistake, it was an overestimating the Harkonnens. Their simple minds came up with a simple trick, and we didn't count on simple tricks. And my son uh, has been a great pains to point out to me that it, that he came through this largely because of your training. You didn't fail here. So, apparently the Duke changed his mind after talking to Paul. What? Paul listened to me? This is the first time Paul's ever listened to me. <laughs> uh, and then he asked him to bring Thufur's men in, and they, uh, they all start, like, just all the staff uh, start walking in with... Uh, at this big table that the Duke's ahead of. And Paul, this is Paul's first uh, staff meeting he's been uh, invited to. They rod in my staff. They comfort me. <laughs> so, yeah, so they, they start talking. And uh, the Duke gives this, like, weird uh, joke that I've read, like, three, four times, and I'm just not getting it. Maybe I'll, I'll read it to you, Dave, and tell me if it's funny to you. He starts off the meeting saying... Well, gentlemen, our civilization has appeared to fall fallen so deeply into the habit of invasion that we can't even obey a simple order of the Imperium without old ways cropping up. And then it says, a dry chuckle sounded around the table, and Paul realized his father had said what the, uh, the precise, cor- precisely correct thing and precisely the correct tone to lift the mood. Well, you see, this joke is actually hilarious after you've read all 64 Dune books. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the old way and the Imperium of the you, Order was. And you've been, you've, you've, you've become so boring with Dune because that's all you know. You've once, lost all sense of humor. Once you've become Henry Zabrowski, oh, this yeah, will yeah, be yeah. funny to you. I, I, want, I want someone to I – think, I think Marcus should read that quote to him and I want to hear, hear Henry laugh because Henry probably knows what it all means. I do not know what this means, so it is not funny. I, I, I just I, – I've read it like three times when I was reading this chapter. I'm like, why is that funny? Well, it's it, it's funny. It's it's I don't know. It, even even if with all the background, it might not be funny. But who knows? But I I would assume it's built on all the background that we just don't know yet. Do so, you ever like? Have you ever been in like a meeting and like one of the like, higher up, like makes a joke and people chuckle and you're like, that wasn't funny. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's been around. Although I'm usually the one trying to tell the jokes in the meeting and people look at me funny. Some people laugh. Oh, so you're that guy. Yeah, you, I'm, you're the I'm, guy who just told that I've, joke. I've always been the class clown. No, I wouldn't tell that joke because that joke probably wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not in charge. If they laugh at me, then they thought it was actually funny. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't think I don't think anyone polite laughs at me. Mm. Maybe, maybe Holly. Maybe, maybe. Um, oh, so, we forgot to mention she's uh, been taken back to Benny Gesserit training this week. Yeah, well, she's uh, apparently got, she got better. She's got Bene Gesserit family in for the for yeah. the week. Well, you know, she you know last week she she denied being at uh, Bene Gesserit training, but I think it was because she ran away. She didn't want us to know. Yeah, you know, people in Bene Gesserit school doesn't talk about being in Bene Gesserit school. What happens? It's the first rule of Fight Club. I mean, Bene Gesserit school. You don't talk about Bene Gesserit school. That's right. Um, so, and then how it starts going into the economic reports and. I gotta this say, is also hilarious. <laughs> There's a laugh track when you read along. This is a little On the audio long. Book, yeah. This is a little long. <laughs> this is a little long uh, to read, and it's a little dry. But there is a lot of information that's given here. So we go into a whole thing about. First, we get into uh, Duncan Idaho talking about uh, talking how he's uh, kind of made his way with the the Fremen, he's and the he's very kind of like best, like no one ever was. That's right. He's a he's a, f- a friend of the Fremen. He's a Fremen Pokemon master. 
That's right. He's uh, they start talking about uh, just basically that there's a, there's a lot of Fremen and probably more than we even know. So he says because um, Paul asks in the middle of the meetings, like how many Fremen are there, and uh, how it answers uh, from food processing and other evidence. Uh, Idaho estimates the cave complex he visited consisted of ten thousand people, all told. Their leader said that, that he ruled a siege of 2,000 hearths. Uh, we've reason to believe that there are a great many such siege uh, communities. All seem to give their allegiance to someone called Let. Leet. So um, we don't really know who Leet is, but there's some kind of leader within uh, the Fremen community. And that was just one Fremen group that he's part, that he was kind of embedded himself part of. And there of, could so. be many, many Fremen groups. We just don't know. They're right. like ticks. Right, right. Yeah, they're like ticks. <laughs> Bed bugs. And then we get into, uh, they start talking about smugglers. So there's uh, apparently um, spice smugglers. Han and, Solo, are you hanging around smuggling that spice? So uh, there's, and we get into this whole thing that these uh, smugglers, is, uh, um, the, the smugglers have redoubled their operations during this period of unrest. This deserves some careful thought. We shouldn't worry so much about unlicensed frigates uh, working off our planet. It's always done. But to have them completely outside of observation, that's not good. And what he plans to do, he says, Gurney, I want you to hear, uh, I want you to head a delegation to these uh, smugglers, uh, an embassy, if you will, to contact these romantic businessmen. <laughs> And tell them I'll ignore their operations as long as they give a, a ducal tithe. And how it here estimates that the graft and extra fighting men therefore required in the operation have been costing them four times the amount. And then he also decides that he will also uh, will bank an entire tithe uh, in the name of Shaddam IV, the emperor. So out of that tithe that they're going to give, uh, the smugglers are going to give the duke. The duke's going to take a percentage of that and give it to the emperor. So, uh, and it's still cheaper than the smugglers are usually are used to operating. So this will be good for the smugglers, and he and the duke kind of makes friends with them. That's a good idea. It's a good idea, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh, well done, that sir. Very good, very good." Mm-hmm. I won't laugh at more jokes now. Ha, 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 ha. This is a joke, right? <laughs> so, uh, and then we start talking. He says, um, "Like, let's talk about the accounting of the books." And then he says, "What about the heart?" He says, uh, and Thufur says, "The Arconans took ten billion Solaris uh, Solaris's out of uh, out of here every three hundred and thirty standard days. So, about every year, they took uh, ten billion Solaris's. I don't know how much a Solaris is." Is it like a yen, or it's like a penny? So yeah. it's, it's probably worth more than that. I don't know. No, I think it's it's probably like a lot of money. So well, and considering Frank Herbert was American, I'm assuming it's like a dollar. Maybe I, I, ten, I, I would ten billion doesn't seem a lot. I don't know. Maybe, maybe those are like hundred thousand dollar bills. Oh, maybe. Anyways, there was a muted gasp around the table, and uh, people so were like, low? "Wow, oh my god, that's a lot!" It's like so yes, bucks in yen. Uh-huh. <laughs> 50 bucks <laughs> the exchange rate in Calden money that's only 50 bucks <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah so there's uh, so there's a talk then about how they could um, use to, to try to get up to the levels the Harkonnens were milking out of the planet 
uh, they are not going to be able to achieve this because all the equipment that they have, uh, their uh, sand crawlers, harvesters, spice factories, supporting equipment, they're all in disrepair. <laughs> we, didn't, like, we don't have any to actually work. They're all going to be broken down by the end of semester, so we're going to have to get them there. We're going to have to buy a bunch of new parts soon. And less than half of them work. So yeah, there's and then and by the time it's going to take them a whole year to even like refurbish some of these and get them up and running. So they're going to have these like really awful profit margins during this time. They're just they're just not going to make any money. So we're going to be in the red for the first sixteen years until we're able to get things uh, off <laughs> off the ground again. I was actually looking at a video on the economics of nu- nuclear reactors. They take nuclear long, reactors. Yeah, they take a long time to pay off, but they they do start making money after like eight years or something like that. It's eight or sixteen years. It's a long time because they're expensive, but uh, they make their money back eventually. Hmm. They after a while they make money. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so, uh, so like I said, everything's in disrepair. And it says uh, we'll be lucky to get half the equipment into operation, and luckier to get a fourth of it uh, still working six months from now. And uh, Lido's like say it's kind of what we expect to see. You know that we're gonna what's going to happen, and then uh, we get into. Um, Oh, they ask. Uh, they uh, Gurney talks to says, "Couldn't we get a? Couldn't we get the guild to put up a frigate to do a weather satellite, to, so they don't they can kind of like watch how the weather patterns are going on the planet, so maybe they can like tell there's a storm coming or whatever to get out of an area or to or to mine an area that's not having a storm." And apparently, the the uh, spacing guild said the money would be too high; you wouldn't be able to pay for it. You can't <laughs> afford it. And. Uh, then one of the one of the men at the table said, "There's no justice in this," and the duke uh, answers back. He says, "Who asked for justice? We make our own justice. We make it here at Arrakis. Win or die. Do you regret casting your lot with us?" And the man like looked at him like, "No, sir. No, I don't. No, no, not. Tell me another bad joke." <laughs> and uh, uh, with the white the chicken uh, across the sand. <laughs> but the Duke says, let's not rail about justice as long as we have arms and the freedom to use them. Uh, do any of the rest of you harbor bitterness? If so, let it out. This is a friendly council where any man uh, may speak his mind. So, And then Halleck, Gurney, uh, answers back, I think what rankles, sir, is that you've had no volunteers from the great houses. They have just you as Leto the Just and promise eternal friendship as long as they didn't cost them anything. So it's like all the houses of the lands right around. He's like, yeah, we'd like to help, but uh, I just can't seem to find the time. Oh, we like you, but we just don't like you that much. Yeah, well, that's and that's exactly in that. And the Duke's like, they, they've grown very rich for doing very little, and uh, you can't blame them. You know, you can be angry at them, but you can't blame them for what what comes easy to them. Um, Duke Lito the Dim. <laughs> so uh, now how it uh, turns on a, uh, like a, a projector on the table surface and it starts showing, um, basically we get a kind of rundown on how everything works. So we get the, uh, uh, this first bug like body moving um, uh, machine. And it's a harvest factory. It's the Dune for dummies video. It's like, Oh, mm. this is what happens on Dune. Right, and uh, and then we kind of get into this whole thing. Like, apparently, there's this old machine called Old uh, Maria, and it belongs in a museum. And the Harkonnens would put people on there to punish their job because it's so old; it's always broken and doesn't work right. So, if you're like a bad 
spice miner. They stick you on this thing. <laughs> so it's like, it's kind oh, of a the Harkonnens, they're just so funny. They tell better jokes. They probably do. And then Paul just asks, are sandworms big enough to swallow this whole thing whole? And then everyone got quiet at the table. And he says, and then uh, Howard has to answer, there are worms in the deep desert that could take this entire factory in one gulp. Um, it says, up close to the shield walls where most of the spice, uh, spicing's done, there are plenty of worms that could cripple this factory and devour at leisure. And then Paul asks, why don't we shield them? And then how it brings up is, according to Duncan Idaho, shields are dangerous in the desert. A body-sized shield will call every worm for hundreds of meters around. It appears to drive them into a killing frenzy. Uh, We've the Fremen word word on this and no reason to doubt it. Idaho saw saw no evidence of shield equipment on the siege. So they don't even use it. The, the the fremen don't use shield technology, and apparently makes the worms some, angry. Makes them pretty crazy. Yeah, you wouldn't so. like me when I'm angry. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, it, but they also say the Harkonnens definitely use shields. So how and there and there's repair uh, places in every garrison uh, village for shields. So there must be some way to work around it. And so there's a uh, conjecture that maybe there's some way to nullify shields uh, that the that the Freeman have, and they're like, oh, maybe we don't know. And they they talk a little bit about that, but so that they get into this little side thing for a second. But and then the Duke goes like, let's talk more about the spicing, and so we uh, we go into back to the harvest factory is replaced uh, with a wing device uh, that's even bigger than the uh, the factory. Um, and it's a carry-all, and this is basically a giant, you know, airship that comes in and picks up the harvest factory uh, when a worm is is sighted, and they have to uh, pick it up and carry it away, like so. a big bird, but not big <laughs> bird. Right, exactly. And then from there we go to um, uh, the uh, or what's it called the orthopters, and they're basically just like um, the they're not like. Are- uh, they're not helicopters, but they're sort of like these wings. Like they, their wings flap. <laughs> they look like bugs in the in yeah, the, yeah, in they the, do. In the yeah, Dave yeah. Lynch Dune movie, but the carryalls are just big thopters. Yeah, exactly. But the orthopters are are smaller. They're sort of like a more small personnel. They're uh, like shuttle thopters. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, so we go through all that information, and. Uh, then he says, let's talk about like our profits and figures and like how much we're going to make on this. And uh, how it uh, opens his notebook and says, uh, after assessing repairs and operational equipment, we worked out our first estimate of operational costs. It's based naturally on the depreciating figure for clear safety margins. And he starts going to this like mentant trance. He says, under Harkonnen's. Uh, under the Harkonnens, maintenance and salaries will be held at uh, to fourteen percent. We'd be lucky to make uh, a thirty percent thirty percent at first, with the reinvestment and growth factors according for, including the Chalm percentage and military cost. Our perf- our our profit margin will be reduced to a very low six or seven percent until we can replace the worn out equipment. We should be able to boost it up to twelve or fifteen percent where it belongs. This uh, is what Frank Herbert's tax man told him when he was like, I'm going to write a bunch of books about sand. <laughs> and economics. 
Yeah. Well, no, he just he just like every time he went to his tax man, his tax man was just like, uh, "This is what it's going to look like if you don't do a regular job. You're going to write this book, you're going to have some profits. Maybe it takes off. Maybe maybe it'll get super rich one day. But it's going to look pretty rough the first couple of years. He's like, oh yeah, this will be great for my book. It's just like changes the names. Great. Change, just change around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Talking about change around uh, their plan, the Duke says on Kaladin we depended on sea and air power. But here we're going to choose to call it desert power. <laughs> just, How about, this may include air power. Can we get bush power? Come on. Bush. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Australian Outback, they call it the bush, and it's basically just desert. Bush power. That's true. That's uh, true. That's or, true. you know, it's pussy power if you're into like, that kind of bush. Pussy power! <laughs> he says the Harkonnens relied on turnover off the planet for uh, some of their key personnel, but he says we don't dare because it would... Uh, have a, a lot of provocateurs come on so basically they're afraid of like a terrorist element basically fueled by the Harkonnens or any other enemies so got a lot our, of frenemies yeah so uh, we're we're going to have to be far less profits uh, uh, and reduce harvest until we uh, can for the first two seasons uh, should be da- uh, should be down uh, from the Harkonnens average and so uh you know, they're like Duke's like, well, that's what we expected, but we have to uh, try to get the Fremen on our side. And by the third season, it'll turn around just like all the other Star Trek shows. That's right. Um, so, yeah, so there, there was so there we go. They're, they're not it's not looking too good for the business side of things, not for a while. And what they're afraid is that uh, pretty soon, because things aren't going right, they're going to start dropping off Sadakar warriors to kind of like push things along. Especially if they're not making enough money. So Beat basically, those spy got, spiders in submission. Yeah, Ratings will continue until morale improves. Yeah, until morale improves exactly. And um, so Paul, at this point, looks at his father and looks at how it, and suddenly is conscious of the Mentet's great age, where the old man has served three generations of Trades. Uh, and says it shows in the uh, roomy shine of the brown eyes and the cheeks cracked and burned by the exotic weathers and the round curve of the shoulders and the thin, a thin set of lips with the cranberry colored stain of the Safu juice. So Safu juice is something the Mentats drink to kind of like um, make them thinking even faster. Ooh, speed. Yeah, basically. But, uh, Liquid but speed. Yeah. And he basically says, "So much depends on one aged man." So he's like, "This can't, this can't be good." It's great. I, I love how I love how Dune is like. Uh, it's like we don't need technology to save the world. We need drugs to save the world. Yeah, I know, right? You speed. <laughs> they, they've like they abandoned technology and robots and have turned completely to drugs. This is right. kind of amazing. Right, right. Um, yeah. So. Um, Pretty, pretty interesting, uh, right there. And then the Duke says, also, apparently, Dune wasn't take- very popular a book for the, the Dare program. They didn't recommend that to like read this kids. book. Read this oh, no, no, not that one. Don't read not that. that one. <laughs> take a bite out of Dune. <laughs> Spice, drugs. drugs. So, so, um, and so Lucas took this from Dune. <laughs> He took drugs from Dune? Spice. What spice did he take from Dune? Spice. Han Solo's a spice smuggler. Oh, right, right. I forgot about that. Was he? Yeah. I didn't know that. 
He made the cra- I mean, you get spice from Castle, and you made the Castle run in less than twelve parsecs. I, mean, I just thought it was like, you know, like seasoning. Oh no, it's drugs. It's it's really? it's drugs in Star Wars and drugs in uh. It's probably how they make death sticks. <laughs> some death My death sticks. <laughs> um. So now we go into uh. Duke has this idea to take um anybody who has um. I guess what you want to call um, ties to the Harkonnens and you're going to basically uh, just confiscate all their properties. (laughs) And uh, there's some um, aggravation about that because uh, they don't, Paul doesn't think that's a good idea to do that. And what do you uh, know, Paul, you're 15. Yeah, I know exactly. But uh, Gurney doesn't been with a woman yet, Paul. No, not yet. Um, and then we get uh, who walks Just in. Doctor UA. <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, then who walks in is um, Duncan Idaho, and Duncan Idaho is uh, talk. Starts talking to Duke about uh, what's his experience so far, and that uh, they had some Harkonnens mercer- mercenaries disguised as Fremen, and then when we attacked it, they uh, badly wounded uh, one of his Fremen friends. And uh, unfortunately, died. But in, in his death, he gave him a Krista knife, and he's going to unsheath it to show everybody because it's such a like a rare weapon. And all no, of a sudden, we hear, don't do it. "Keep that blade in its sheath." And who walks in? This man in flowing robes is Stilgar and blue eyeballs. Yeah, so Stilgar is the uh, leader of the siege or the tribe. That uh, I, uh, Duncan Idaho has been kind of embedded with, and this is where we get the whole um, back and forth of like you can't show them this this knife weapon because it's basically a sacred weapon, and uh, you, you just you know it's like kind of the idea that even though the Duke wants to see it, and uh, the Duke would, uh, and Idaho wants to you know, do something to show the Duke this, he can't do this because it's uh, not proper. Man, we're and, shattered uh, mapes when you need her. I know. She's an expedition dump girl. And then um, the Duke kind of agrees with the Stilgar just to make the peace. It's just, kind like, of it's like, it's just like, if, if this is the way it is on Dune, this is the way it is. By my order. Yeah, by my order. It's cool. It's cool. We're cool now. We're cool. And then still, he'll show me a picture on his iPhone later. Yeah, (laughs) and this is where Stilgar spits on the desk or the table in front of the Duke, and the Duke's kind of like, "What?" And and everyone around him stand up to murder um, Stilgar. Stilgar. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Duncan goes, "No, no, no, no! This is a sign of deep, deep uh, respect and friendship. Uh, You know how important water is." What? And then, uh, when? And then uh, uh, Duncan spits as well. So, uh, yeah. And then uh, the Fremen ask uh, Duncan Idaho to join, uh, uh, join with them and be part of their siege and be in allegiance with them. And he says, uh, can I have a dual alliance between you and Duke Leto? And uh, this is agreed upon. Can I have so, an open allegiance where I can, like, you know, see this lover and this other? <laughs> What you do in your time is your time. Um, True, so that's all agreed upon. So Duncan Idaho now serves uh, Leto and uh, the Siege with Stilgar. So, and um, and it's also 
mentions Liet again. It says Liet and says, there's precedent for this. Liet serves two masters. So we don't really know who Liet is yet. So uh, we'll find out more about Liet later on. So, uh, But he says, your, our water is yours, Duncan Idaho Stilgar says. The body of our friends, rema- uh, friends remains with uh, your duke. His, uh, his water is Atreides' water. It is a bond between, uh, between us. So. so that's all good. And uh, then Stilgar goes, peace out, and he leaves. And Spits then, again on the uh, floor, <laughs> and then, then on the door. Uh, and Idaho is basically told, you know, just, you know, get all the information you can, make friends, make as many friends as you want. We need, we need the Fremen on our side. And uh, so out goes uh, Idaho with all that. So Make sure you don't miss his thopter. <laughs> So, um, and then uh, from there, we start talking about these uh, desert botanical testing stations uh, that are scattered around secretly on Arrakis. And the Duke wants to kind of take the equipment from them and use them, but they're they're basically shut on the force property. And there's like, you know, if we, we take that, we could get in trouble. And like, you know, well, you know, a lot of crazy things happen in the uh, in the desert. You know, like weather can destroy things and could be ransacked. But apparently these also have some kind of uh, something sacred for the the Fremen. They're attached to these and that's not clear yet. So um, and Paul kind of like even says to his father, like, maybe we shouldn't do that. Maybe we should wait on that. But the Duke says, well, let's just try to figure out where these things are first. So we can have like a... figure out strategically if we, that we way can we use can, them. That way we can make a, a deal or something later if, if we need Right, that. right. But yeah, so it's very interesting there. And then, so, and from there, uh, we jump on to, uh, they're talking some more about, um, like, Gurney's going to go talk to the smugglers and everything else that he has to do. And um, he, Duke wants uh, Thufer to set up his command post and communications on the um, floor that they're at at this base. And um, so everyone's t- kind of like the whole staff meeting is breaking up. And then Paul, for the first time, Paul allowed himself to think about the real possibility of defeat, not thinking about it out of fear of because of the warnings such as came from the old Reverend mother, but facing up to it because of his own assertion of the situation. And this is what he thinks. My father's desperate. Things aren't going well for us at all. And how it, Paul recalls uh, how the old mentat had acted during the conference, subtle hesitations, signs of unrest, how it was deeply in tro- uh, deeply troubled by something. So Paul's like, this ain't going to work out. <laughs> and, uh, it's good, guys. And then Paul's uh, later on, Paul's uh, stares at the place where his father was stood because his father had left. The space had been empty even before the Duke had left the room. And as he recalled the old woman warning for the father, nothing. And that's how we close off this chapter. Uh, Dave, this is a lot of information dump, obviously. Um, the Artreides are kind of like an uphill battle to try to make this deal on Arrakis work. Um, and Paul's kind of seeing like, damn, we got kind of uh, a raw deal. We got the shaft. Yeah, and not only that, the Harkonnens have been building up their own spice reserves. So if they do disrupt things, they can use that as uh, to fill in for whatever spice interruptions came on the planet. So they'll be looked at as heroes 
if they come into this whole thing. So yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's bad news for for all the uh, all the Kaladin boys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on this? I mean, it's just like such a big information. I mean, it was uh, interesting to hear from the point of view of the father. He's just like really mad, and and then like hearing the uh, all the like troops like oh look sh- sh- just stop, stop stop bullshitting the dukes around <laughs> i was like yeah it was just a, a little bit different after reading some of uh of leviathan wakes going back leviathan wakes which is that's the first first uh, expanse book so i've been listening back and forth between uh, leviathan wakes and dune so it's just a very different uh style listening to the writing of frank herbert versus the style of uh Oh yeah, you're talking about and you're talking something written in 1965 or or yeah. before, and then something written in 2012. Yeah, it's very very different. Uh, it's almost drawing going back and forth listening to uh, both uh, books. Um, I mean, these are just like giant information dops. Like uh, the stories, it's coming, I'm sure. Um, but I mean, it's just a lot of information. I mean, it's, it's interesting because I mean, it's starting to build the backstory, and there's. And, and and since the joke didn't land, there's obviously so much more backstory we just don't know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sure there's humor in there somewhere. I just can't seem to find I, out I, where I, it is. I just don't know. How many of the books do I have to read before this joke Maybe is Kaladin funny? humor is a little different than this here. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, it, it's, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm enjoying Dune. I mean, it's, it's interesting. But uh, so far, not a whole lot's happened yet. I mean, it makes sense why some of the stuff was cut out in the, the in the movie. Actually, this part was in the movie. Oh, it was? It's kind of trimmed down, oh, but it's yeah, it's it's there. But yeah. and it's probably why the movie was not popular. <laughs> <laughs> let's go over finance reports. <laughs> let's, let's do let's do our finance reports. Is right. <laughs> As you see, this chart here is how little money we'll make. I mean, I mean it's, like, it's important to the world, but that's not super important to the movie. It's just, it's yeah, it's it's it's, it's like it's a lot of information. It's it's good to it's, know. It's, it's like good to it, know, but it's a mundane for a movie. A movie's got to be more exciting. And like we get like um, we get kind of like how the spice is harvested off the planet. You know, we have this uh, the harvest factories. We get the carryalls, and we have like the orthopters that kind of like fly around looking for worms. You know, all that stuff is great. You know, like we get kind of the backstory. We also figure out how all this is the how the economics of this whole thing works, kind of like not like in a granular level, but kind of like a broad view. Yeah, so. it's on a macro level. And we're also seeing like the infighting within the houses. I mean, it's 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 all set up and it's I'm sure it's been really good set up because, I mean, Dune is such a beloved series and there's so many books and it's just it's got such a giant lore. I'm excited to get into it more um, as we go through this book and start maybe going to the other some of the other books. Not promising we'll do all of them, but maybe a couple. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I want to get into it more and learn more about Dune, and I, I just really got my fingers crossed that the new movie will be successful and they can maybe make more of them into movies. If Possibly, they can, if they can, like you know, they got to nail the first one though. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, they the, definitely got a name. I, but they filmed both of them side by side, right? Because the, 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 the book, I mean, the, the the new movie is kind of broke the two the the first book broken in two. That's what I heard. Oh, I mean, that would make sense. I mean, to, to do it to do it well. Hopefully, they they will. I I, I don't know all the details. I haven't read many of the details in the book. I remember reading that a long time ago, but I don't remember uh-huh. know, hearing any update on if that was actually the case or not. Uh-huh. Um. 
But I mean, I haven't, I haven't really heard either either way. But I, I hope that's still true because that would be nice if it's going to be split into two movies that can do all. But yeah, I mean, even if, if it's split into two movies, the first one's really got to stick the landing and be just really great. Uh, and I, I hope it I hope it works. I hope it translates this time because yeah, I, I would too. love to see uh, you know a, 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 the franchise on film expand beyond the first beyond the first right, and second right. book. How about you? What yeah, are your yeah. thoughts so far? Yeah, I, I think this is all a lot of very information, uh, good information, especially for somebody who's not familiar with Dune. Um, a lot of stuff that being, you know, we're getting more information about the sandworms. We're getting information, like I said, about the harvesting of the spice, um, how kind of like the economics and everything has worked out here between not just the harvesters, but also like we have a smuggling network. We have, you know, the Fremen and how they work into all this stuff. And then we even get our first introduction to like uh, you know well Stilgar the uh, the siege leader, and it's just great because you know we get like a totally different uh, culture where he just spits on the table and everyone's like what the fuck culture so, shift yeah so it, it's cool and you know um, in you know the chapter before we get the Duke just kind of like just freaked out about his son almost being killed and. And just him still trying to process that, and then also the idea that um, he's, he's still gonna trying. Die. He's going to die here, you know. You're going to die here, you know. Convenient. <laughs> but how he's trying to get the spice miners to stay on Arrakis and work for the Atreides instead of uh, just leaving. So, yeah, so. I mean, there's a lot going into it. I mean, like, uh, I mean, like, it's it's interesting, but it's not like super exciting. Yep, you know what I mean. No, there's not. There's not a lot of excitement. That's for sure, and that's where I think where the book suffers a lot. I think a lot of people fall off. I and I would probably think they fall off right about where we're at. Because it's like, uh, it's like reading uh, what uh, numbers or Leviticus in the Bible. Oh, jeez, like, all the all the laws. <laughs> the law. It's like the, you're reading the laws and the genealogies, and it's like what. I can't do this. Can we skip ahead a bit? Skip, <laughs> skip a bit, brother. It'd be funny if uh, there's a genealogy for Polytrain. <laughs> it's just like all these random names, like one of the books. I'm sure it's. Tracing, I'm sure it's somewhere. Tracing the Bene Gesserits. I'm sure it's somewhere written. I'm sure it's written out somewhere. Um, but yeah, but this is. It's still good, and it's just like I think we got to kind of just like let this happen, and then more things are going to start picking up now after this there's more that's going to start happening it's just going to take a this this is probably maybe the more painstaking kind of uh chapters because it's just a lot of information and you're just like when's something going to happen so i was i'm gonna guess that probably a good third of the book is set up oh yeah the first third is pure setup yeah yeah Yeah. things start happening at the end of the third but just start they just start happening yeah it's very different doing like a book a book report view of of, of like uh, doing pu- book episodes where you only do a couple of chapters at a time, because uh, it's like it's moving so slow. But I mean, it's still interesting to talk about. There's still stuff to talk about each time, which is really interesting. So I'm yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely having fun with it. Yeah, for sure. Um, we hope you guys are too out there. Hope you guys are yeah. enjoying our slow burn through Dune. Dune. Um, so, guys, if you have different thoughts, if you want to chime in something, maybe we got something wrong, or maybe we overlook something. Tell please us why let that us, joke you know, was funny. Please tell us why that joke is funny, <laughs> by Lido. <laughs> 
yeah, so you can email us at sensaholic at yahoo.com. You can contact us at our Facebook page, Facebook forward slash groups forward slash Sensaholics. You can um, hit us up on Twitter, Sensaholics Duo. Uh, and um, just let us know if there's anything we're missing here. But uh, I think that joke was pretty shitty. <laughs> it, it, it could use a little bit of work. Kaladin humor. And uh, if the show is something you feel like you could, uh, f- uh, you'd like to support, please go to our Patreon, p- Patreon for slash Synthaholics. We appreciate anything you could do for us there. And, uh, you know, tune in. Uh, I think, Dave, we're going to miss a week, aren't we? Yeah, we're going to miss at least a week of Dune. So it, probably two weeks before the next Dune episode. Right, exactly. I think we're going to miss one up uh, one in the week just because uh, I'm on vacation. Holly's on vacation, and you don't want to hear a one-man show. <laughs> I don't want to be a one-man band. Um, yeah. I don't want to be a one-man band. So, yeah. So uh, we will be picking up again, and uh, we'll be talking more. I, it, it might be just me and Holly, but we'll see how our things are in uh, after a week. So. Oh, yeah. All right, guys. Well... Hey, uh, thanks so much for listening to us. And as always, the spice must flow. Oh, all over your head, neck, and chest. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> all right. Dune. Dune. miles aside of Mars. Well, McCoy, my boy, come mix me a drink. Before the night's over, I'll puke in the sink And we'll cry till we laugh And we'll both shit our pants You're the best drinking friend I ever